Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? It's Moon Knight week. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. So like I had I had students asking me, it was like, actually, there's this moon something. I'm not sure. You mean Moon Knight? The desktop picture of my big smart board in class the past month? Him? This Wednesday? Yeah. Never heard of him. The one thing I didn't say to him was like, aren't you in the comic book club with me? How are you not? What are you doing? My favorite thing about this is finding out that you update your smart board with whatever Marvel thing's coming out. Yes, I do. I 100% do. Are you promoting in class? Uh, I have yet to put the pod image up. Mm -hmm. But when Moon Knight's over, and there's still a few weeks left of school, I will be switching to Miss Marvel. Nice. That's super cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, probably Multiverse of Madness, actually, because that comes out early May. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. I love it. Been so doing yeah, it uh, since like Infinity War, actually. <laughs> do another rewatch? <laughs> no, I'm saying I've been doing that since Infinity War. Like, Oh, wow. With movies. Like, yeah, that's that's a regular thing for me, even before the pod. And that's why we are doing this podcast together, because the moment you told me you were doing a rewatch with your class, I knew we needed to do something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, yeah, we uh, we got Moon Knight coming up this week. If you're listening to this on our release day, which is Monday, Moon Knight will be debuting March 30th on Wednesday. So that means in a week from now, uh, we'll be dropping our Moon Knight reviews. You know, before we get going into the bulk of the episode, though, we did want to take some time to plug the Geek Generation podcast uh, because Rob Logan, if you're familiar from the guest spots that he's had on our show, invited us on his show to talk about the Batman. That was fun. Talking about yeah. something non-MCU for a good two and a half hours <laughs> was fun. Super fun. And, it, and it we could have like, gone longer. Oh, we totally, you know what, if you're, I think this is okay to, I'm going to say what it is without actually saying what it is. I texted Rob Logan, like two days after we recorded, they just released deleted footage of a certain thing in the Batman and we missed it by two days. It would have been so much fun to talk about on the podcast itself. It would have been, I, I, how do I want to say this? I know, right? I don't want to say too much because I want you to go check it out, listen to the pod. But I definitely, thinking back to the conversation, could formulate a pretty good guess of where the three of us would stand on mm-hmm. that on that deleted scene. <laughs> so it's not out yet, but we will definitely be retweeting it when it is officially launched on our social media. And of course, the next time we hop on the mics, we'll be sure to link it in the show notes. But while you're waiting, make sure you go check out the Geek Generation podcast, which will be linked in the show notes of this episode. Absolutely. With all that being said, if you downloaded this episode, then you know we're going to be explaining the Marvel multiverse after Spider-Man No Way Home. So, setting the stage here, back on July 15th, 2021, uh, it was reported that Kevin Feige and a bunch of the creative leads over at Marvel Studios had a meeting to set the ground rules for the multiverse. If I'm not mistaken, July was around the time Loki was debuting, so it makes sense that this is something that they're starting to 
get concrete rules for as we move forward into the multiverse with this phase of the MCU. So coming to this episode, Jude, I think we wanted to start here. What is the multiverse? If I could just, you know, pitch that super easy question to you. I find that (laughs) super easy question. Um, (laughs) I find that it's weird because like we're going to have a meeting on setting the rules for the multiverse where trying to storytell by having no rules, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so it's, it's interesting. Like I watched a couple of videos thinking about multiverse only to, to try, like I have my ideas of what I think it is and things like that. And one of the videos I saw talked about nine different types of multiverses. You are definitely more prepared than I am because I have two different types, but go ahead. <laughs> and, and some of them are like, okay, do we go that far? Do I want to go that far? It's Brian Greene, a physicist. Uh, he did. He wrote this book, The Elegant Universe. I didn't turn it into a show on PBS, you know, and really good. I've seen it. I wanted to get the book, you know, and so this is coming off of this theoretical physicist. Uh, universe, you know, everything literally mathematically when you get into the mathematics of it in physics, you get beyond universe. It's there's more than, than one. Okay. There is a weird thing between theory scientifically and philosophy. So for example, strict science, it's what the scientific method, you observe it. Mm -hmm. Some of this quantum mechanic physics type things, because it's only mathematically true, and has not been observable yet for technological reasons, put it that way. Some would argue that this is just, you're still doing philosophy. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So real quick, type number one is quilted. Only works in infinite universe, infinite amount of space, right? Infinite numbers. Um, We're going to be unaware of these identical areas due to the speed of light, Right. And anytime of these words, you can start thinking like, think images, quilt, right? You know, quilted, um, but a universe, we imagine that whole, you know, everything's possible, all options exist type theory. Inflationary, you get these little pockets of what they call inflation fields. They collapse. And like in their like collapse and rebirth, right? We're form new universes. Uh, there's brain theory. Universe exists on this membrane. It floats on this higher dimension of other membranes. Uh, universes can interact with one each, with each other. When they do interact, they basically collide in what we would call the Big Bang when they collide on this membrane thing. Uh, they're cyclical. Is number four. Multiple universes that have collided, causing Big Bang, bounce back in you know, back and pass through time until they're pulled back together and collide again, destroying old contents, creating a new. So like you, so imagine like here cyclical, I'm, I'm almost for me visually imagining like a billiards table, Mm -hmm. right. And two things collide and that would be a big bang. Right. And then they go around, but it ends up bouncing back. You know, but their journey around the table is time. When they come back together and collide again, those it's like another explosion, right? It's destroyed, 
but it also goes back out. So you, that's the cycle of time. It's cyclical. That one I really find interesting. Mm-hmm. The only reason why is when I think of the 2014 Secret Wars run, which was Marvel trying to figure out how, what to do with all their universes, 616 and all that other stuff. And so what they did was like start consolidating and that Secret Stories line, the different universes collided. And the stuff they wanted to keep, they kept in the comic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we like Miles like a big Morales. Direction. Yeah, we like Miles Morales, so we're gonna have Miles Morales in our New York because we're not gonna let that go. But we want to get Gwen Stacy, Spider Gwen, out of this other universe and interact with these. And so we're just gonna collide them all together, pick and choose what we want, and create a new world. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange in that comic run is the right hand man of. Dr. Doom, who's holding everything together. Kamala Khan is very important in there. Deadpool's very important in there. Hmm, Fantastic Four is very important there. Like, notice a pattern of, like, people we think are coming. Uh, yeah. We keep hearing Secret Wars and Russo Brothers. So that one I found very interesting in terms of, like, okay, wait a minute. Are they going to try to dive into, like, maybe this type of multiverse down the line? Um, landscape uh now you're getting to um string theory type stuff that you know what tj if you're listening we need you back on here for this one uh because <laughs> this one i want even the video as simplistic as it was i'm an amateur physicist um depending and on I'm how using well we're amateur lightly <laughs> <laughs> depending on how well we're doing tj's either like not like okay okay or just like screaming at his his ipod right now <laughs> he is he is like like he's like why didn't they ask me on for this <laughs> because this was supposed to happen in february and for various things it got rescheduled to now uh quantum creates a new universe when a div- uh, diversion events occur and many world interpretations and a mini world type interpretations of quantum mechanics. That sounds a little bit like what we've seen, right? Mm-hmm. This creates a new universe when a diversion occurs. Okay. Holographic, you know, the theory of surface area of space can encode the contents of the volume of region. Again, again, my note, literally I'm reading it again, not a physicist. Have no idea what that one meant. Number eight, no, it's nine. Number eight is Trey's favorite. It's the simulated theory. Exists on a complex computer systems that simulate entire universes. Maybe that's the multiverse. I see your face, Trey. We're using video, and I see the anxiety. (laughs) That's so glad we're using video for the first time to see each other as we record this. And I just see the anxiety of like you're biting your nail. Okay. Um, And then number nine contains mathematically every possible universe. Mm-hmm. I'm not a physicist, so I can't tell you the difference between the two. I'm just watching Brian Green video. Take it for what you will. But I do find that fascinating that there was nine theories because in like popular language and culture and media, we all think we know what we're talking about when it comes to multiverse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, so that's, uh, so yeah, that's kind of interesting to me actually. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, you know, I I like the way you frame it in the we all think we know what we're talking about, which kind of goes back to, you know, what we started as the setting the stage. They sat down to set the rules. And so another 
thing, I'm glad that you gave the nine different examples of what we think the multiverse is like, because I want to try and bring this from the broad view to what the MCU seems to be doing. So for me and my understanding of their goals is in order to have a multiverse, like an understandable multiverse, you need to have a constant because you need something to contrast against the different changes within the media we're tackling. So for me, the MCU in-game and everything prior is our constant. Because now, after Endgame, this is where we're starting to see things diverge. We're starting to see the multiverse, whether it's through fake-outs like Far From Home uh, or actual diving into the multiverse with stuff like Loki. We now have a set of rules to play contrast to. And with that, I think we're seeing two paths of the multiverse. We have stuff that is in-house with Mm -hmm. Loki and Sylvie, uh, every episode of What If, that's their own creation within the MCU of alternate characters we already know, or franchise hopping, which is what we've seen in things like Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, We think we're getting some examples in Multiverse of Madness. Those are the two different routes that I think the MCU is going to play in. And so... Well, all yeah, I was going to say is that that cyclical that I mentioned with Secret Wars or the idea that mathematically or something like that, that all possible worlds exist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're very, it feels like the, the franchise hopping you mentioned is really leaning into those types of theories, whereas the in-world theories um in another video i watched and i'm not going to go through like notes line by line on this one talked about when you look at what strictly the in-house cmcu's done you mentioned loki tva he was like they actually showed it fairly accurately if you imagine time to use einstein's words an arrow but sorry einstein not it's not an arrow it's imagine it as a river right and a river can branch off and have things Think like the really cool animated thing for the TVA or in game and the ancient one, right? Where it's like this flowing river and you get these splinters. Oh, so it's in house, they're using kind of like that theory to bring in other franchises. That's not a deviation split, that's something completely separate, able to somehow bridge that gap. Mm hmm. I think that's why we see things like, like in, well, no, this isn't a good example because I was going to say like in Loki, you had some of the Lokis where it's like, this Loki's taller, this Loki is actually a permanent frost giant, or this Loki just dresses differently, or this Loki is com- is Sylvie, uh, mm-hmm. a, a woman version of Loki themselves. Whereas I was going to say in other examples, you have just bringing in the actors like the villains from the Raimi trilogy or the web. uh, I was going to say trilogy, just the two web films uh, is the same, same actor, but playing a different version. If that makes sense. No, no. So the only reason why, the only reason why I say no is because like, I get it maybe with Jamie Foxx. Cause they were like, yeah, that was dumb. We're just going to let you be you um, Mm -hmm. and give you a better looking suit. And they have different suits, but they clearly remembered, air quotes, 
it's so weird the ceiling you know with video because i know you see me and so like i'm doing air quotes for trey and nobody on here is seeing it but now that i've told you imagine me doing air quotes around remembered <laughs> but like they remembered what happened in the movie you know what mm-hmm. i mean you died. You did this. You said, you know, so that's what I mean when I don't understand what you mean by a different version, because it's because it's because there I took it as a literally pulling those characters from one universe to another mm-hmm. and then going back to that same universe rather right. than just saying, whereas like in WandaVision, the whole Pietro thing where they're making us think you're pulling in a Pietro from another universe, but it's really not right. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. even there, some of us thought, well, maybe it is multiverse and it's another version, but he just looks like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but it turned out to be there, but but that's what I mean when I say, no, it didn't make sense when you say another version. Mm -hmm. I guess it gets confusing because there are examples of it same actor different i'm already getting confused on my own well i would say um without having seen it the upcoming flash and the rumors about returning batman Mm -hmm. is that from another franchise coming in or is that just a different version but we can lean into it because they previously played it Mm -hmm. i don't know I'm not going to lie. You, I had the thing to go on with the Jamie Foxx, and then it's like, yeah, they do remember stuff, so I don't know if I have a point to stand on, on that one anymore. <laughs> hmm. I guess because like, with my understanding, whenever you have these characters coming in, say from the Raimi trilogy, it feels like to me because they were plucked into No Way Home. It almost has to be a different version because they're alive. Otherwise, if they go back, despite everything No Way Home did, just to die again, that doesn't feel satisfying, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes, that makes sense. That makes sense. By that logic, it feels like it's got to be same actor, different universe, different character. I I get that. Mm -hmm. I, I understand it. But like, because you had Peter Parker, Peter one, Peter two, Peter three, like, you know, because you had those, um, that's clearly different versions of the, you have the same person in three versus, but, but you're right because in what you're saying, because it is one of those things where it's like, because they died, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like what the Hulk said, which was a hundred percent right change my mind um reference the other episode of the podcast uh but like nachos she's trust um where he said is like like the whole it's the whole idea of like like when you go into the past and you can't change your future because your future hasn't happened yet idea of in-game mm-hmm. then yeah fundamentally you're, I, I get it. You're right. That is becomes a different version because that person died, came over here, and goes back still alive. And so, in in that sense, I might argue. I might argue like if we're gonna follow this all the way through, that the different version happens in the return. 
Okay. Because because it's like I was about to die and all of a sudden in death I came over. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What if that's how they get the Fox universe characters over? They only pull from the ones that are dead. Because in that death, that's how they transition from one universe to the next. And those that survive couldn't because they're still have their physical form in that universe. Okay. Which case you can bring, because remember who died in Logan? Professor X and Logan. Why aren't you working at Marvel Studios? Huh? I said, why aren't you working at Marvel Studios? Oh, I like my day job. <laughs> Once again, TJ shaking his head at the phone or screaming at his phone. <laughs> <laughs> All I was going to say, because we've been trying to find a way to put this on the record, using that idea, I told you as much as Marvel Studios right now is in the give fans what they want because they're so good at fan service with Spider-Man No Way Home, seemingly with stuff with Multiverse of Madness, I was willing to bet you Deadpool 3 is Deadpool kills the Fox universe. Like, yeah. I know that's a, a big comic run, something where he just kills the Marvel universe. Oh, it has to be. What if It'd that's so their way? What if this is their way to... That's kind of the Fox universe, and because he's about to kill him, that's how they bring in whatever character they want and not have to bring everybody in, using your idea. That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. And again, I I was already trying, like, because I know this is going to be a confusing episode because you can't talk about the multiverse without it being confusing, so I was personally going to try and limit the tangents that I had, but man, that was such a good idea that I wanted to go out there. Yeah, like, that... <laughs> And yeah, you just you just blew my mind. And the reason why Deadpool can come over because you know regeneration, he doesn't die, kind of thing. But what's his one of his superpowers? He's aware that he is in a comic or a film, which is why he breaks the fourth wall. So mm-hmm. he has an innate ability to cross universes with that because he's aware that he's just a character in a show or in a comic. Maybe that's how they do it. Maybe that. And again, a lot of this, cause we had already had this discussion off pod. This is a way for us to get this on the record. If we turn out to be correct, yeah. cause this is, this will be the Babe Ruth shot of all Babe Ruth shots of this podcast so far. Absolutely. <laughs> Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. It's happening. Lee and credits is going to be Kevin Feige. <laughs> all it is, is just him with his hat smiling at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> You paid for this. <laughs> so I, I want to potentially throw in a monkey wrench here. Okay. We're talking about multiverse. Yeah. We've we've somewhat established, uh, you know, you gave your nine examples of, of leading theories. We brought it down to how Marvel themselves is trying to use it. What, how does this conflict with the way Doctor Strange in 2016 set up the multiverse? Because the Ancient One talks about the multiverse, but then goes on to depict different dimensions. Is each Does each universe have a dark dimension and that's just part of the multiverse? Or is the dark dimension just a different part of the multiverse, if that makes sense? Hmm. Like, where's the distinguishing line there? I don't know. But I yeah. mean, first off, because that would be speculation, right? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly it's speculation from a number of ways. A, how aware was Feige in the MCU? And Feige might have been aware in the back of his mind, but not articulated fully to other people yet mm-hmm. of when Dark Dimension, you know, and Dormammu was mentioned, I'm laying groundworks for later. Right. Uh, now, having said that, the reason why I say even Feige might not have been aware, things like the language, and we saw this in Assembled, right, of like the language used in What If versus the language used in Loki versus the language used in WandaVision. And they're like, if I knew they were going to call it a Nexus event or if I knew they were going to do this or that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I would have changed my language. So script writing wise, Dark Dimension Dormammu might not have been in the the forethought of this is the place it occupies. Mm-hmm. But to call it, so so in that sense, I'm going to go this way. I feel like because they named it, the dark dimension, while it's outside of clearly out a different dimension or realm or universe from the MCU, right? Because that, that's the way they established it. They They officially name it. It's a place, mm-hmm. the dark dimension, right? And so going off of what if and the watcher being completely outside of and having a space to go between to, to view, I want to say it's another universe or place and just Dormammu might not know because I'm imagining the possibility of the watcher being able to observe the dark dimension the way he deserves, deserves, observes anything else. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. So it is a a different place. So just to, to put it into terms that I could understand, we know the dark dimension within the MCU because it's detailed in Doctor Strange. Yes. To go out on this limb with me, let's go to the Raimi universe. Is the Raimi universe, even though we don't see it, I'm all in hypotheticals now, in the Raimi universe, is there a dark dimension that's different from the one in the MCU or is that the same? Could that be the same one based I, on what you just said? I would say it's the same one. Gotcha. Okay. So because that helps because I would imagine, like at this point, now that they own it, I'm imagining the wa- the Watcher being in a space, right? Because what was the fan theory that was kind of quasi-confirmed through James Gunn was the Stanley cam- cameo was the Watcher. Mm-hmm. And if that's going to be canon, his cameos were in those Fox Universe and Sony films. Oh, that they I now didn't even know think about that that they yeah. now own. So like you could lean into it and just say, well, if the watcher is capable of going there and then going into dark dimension and is dark dimension, the way we talk about it, it is a place like, and from a human experience, we'd call it a place. If the watcher can see that from the outside looking in and as part of where he can go, 
then it has to be some other world universe realm that's an actual place separate from everything else. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that makes it's, sense to me. That it's I'm its st- own. That it's its own thing, and it's not like each world has one. Yeah. So that's where I was. Like I was under the impression that if if you think of a universe as its own little storage container, each storage container had its own version of the dark dimension. But I think you just won me over with using the watcher as an example of being able to observe observe it that way and then linking that with the Stan Lee cameos. Because then you get into the point of why would you want to get in the weeds that way when you can just so easily say like no it's 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 a place that is i guess i'm gonna go with this attainable from each of those different franchise ips right and the only reason why we knew it in the mcu you'd have to say was the ancient one and dr strange mm-hmm. and you know toby they didn't have magic <laughs> they had aliens. Garfield didn't have magic. He didn't even have aliens. <laughs> I want to fight an alien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but you, oh, you know okay. what I mean? Like, like, yeah. And so now you're talking about like, they didn't have the capability to know. It's not that they didn't have one. That's, that's how right. I think it should be. Cause I think that's the easiest way to do a multiverse and integrate those other franchises. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something important to, for me at least to keep in mind whenever I start thinking about this, the ultimate goal of the multiverse within the MCU is to get these franchises, I think together in a, a consolidated play place because yeah. that's where they want to continue telling their stories. And there's no incentive we talked about this with Sean whenever he was on our episode. There's no incentive to canonize or decanonize any particular thing because they want people to watch what they make, regardless if it's the MCU. But if they can set these ground rules, anything can be the MCU. And so it just further... It's it's all about making those cohesive, consistent routes into the main story. Right. Are constant. So that's something I think I'll try and keep in mind moving forward. Now, one thing that does come to mind that that is a potential problem comes from the Flash, CW Flash episodes. Don't know how many people have watched it. I have not seen all the episodes, actually. I loved them. I love the CW shows, but there was somewhere in there where it just kind of fell off for me. You know, got busy, stuff like that, never returned. Are you going to spoil it? In that CW world, and, and in particular with the Flash, but the CW world... Major spoilers for the CW show, The Flash, starting now. And Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow <laughs> and whatever else shows. That is Supergirl. Um, never seen Batwoman or Black Lightning. I hear they're really good. But after having not seen them, I'm, I guess in a way I'm spoiling those too. And mainly because they do multidimensional jumping. It's fantastic. Between all the shows, they do crossovers across all four shows like this big like four episode six episode event across all the shows but there was a problem supergirl started on cbs got canceled actually no it didn't it did eventually get canceled but it started on cbs and the flash from the cw came over and did like 
one episode, two episodes or something with Supergirl. But because it was on a different network, they had to use multiverse ideas to hop the network. Gotcha. But once they established that, after it got canceled on CBS and picked up by CW, they've already established that it was in a different multiverse, right? Well, that's a quick writing fix, right? A quick couple of lines of dialogue and super duper technology. And now they go back and forth yeah. universes just like a like it's a revolving door. No big deal. And it's cool to have the individual episodes and then get to crossover event and it's DC content, but see CW did it right. Those were actually really good shows. Is it CW shows and you have kind of the teen drama S genre mm-hmm. that, that CW is known for? Yes. But they were good shows. But right there, the revolving door aspect, it no longer became special mm-hmm. because it was just like, hey, we're going to hop over and help out Supergirl. Supergirl's going to hop over and say, I need your help. Like, you know what I mean? And and it was just like, no big deal, on a whim. You know you're there. I know you're here. We need a little extra hand. Kind, kind, of, kind of mentality. They did the same thing with the Flash and time travel. Oh, this is cool. We can do time travel. And then season two, they do time travel again. And all of a sudden you're looking at yourself as like, why don't you just fix everything with time travel? And so they had to start creating rules of consequences for time travel, right? Otherwise, it's like, what's the point? Fix everything with time travel. And and so that would be my problem or my fear with what is the MCU going to do? Is there something, TVA language, a sacred timeline or universe? And I dabble in these other things. At what cost? Like, we're all excited to get the X-Men, but, and it'd be cool to have Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, but if I'm going to bring him over for, you know, a cameo or two, okay, am I I really getting MCU X-Men? You know, when we take the day home, I love Doc Doc. I love Willem Dafoe. Like, he is Green Goblin. They brought him back. Does that mean we will never see a quote-unquote MCU take on Green Goblin because we just kind of took yeah. a Raimi Goblin and MCU-dish, Unified-ish or whatever. You know what I mean? And so that's why, like when we had JB on, we were talking about villains and I was mentioning like, and I knew you had this hesitation about, and I said, Kevin Feige doesn't like to use villains that's been used. Do you like my clarification in the moment now, now that we can talk about it? Yeah. Oh, I knew what you were getting at, but I was trying to ignore it. <laughs> well, and, I mean, th- I mean, the reason why I was trying to ignore it is because like, it is that fine line of like, he doesn't reuse villains of like, he doesn't like, we didn't see an MCU Doc Ock. It was Vulture. It was Mysterio. And if we're doing multiverse, he's not reusing an old villain. He's crossing multiversal lines. That character exists. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's what I had in my head when I said that. But does that mean now we'll never get a real original MCU take on that character? Mm -hmm. That feels a little problematic for me. You 
basically did Raimi part three again and put a whole bunch of villains in it that we see the one time and it's gone. It was cool. I loved it, but you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so, well, so it's like one of the, so yeah, so it's just, it's just problems. I'm wondering how does the MCU and Kevin Feige deal with it? So based off everything you just said that like, I have so many different directions I want to go with first. I'm so glad they have set down to establish rules for how they want to handle the multiverse. Cause that seems to be important based off. The, I've never seen any of the CW shows have no plans to, but that seems really important based off what you said, where it didn't seem like there was a plan. Mm-hmm. And a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I believe Joe Russo came out and spoke about how if you just keep doing the multiverse, eventually it's going to lose its luster. It yes. needs to feel like an event. Now, I'm okay if this phase four really wants to hammer home the multiverse because it's equal parts flash and equal parts like educating the audience and then maybe not necessarily table it but like make it less and less apparent until it builds to whatever this new saga ends up being like the new infinity saga like it's somehow tied to the multiverse but we don't need to go through it again like in phase five until we come back to hypothetically phase six right on top of that you went into the route about the does this mean if we get hugh jackman saying multiverse of madness if we get that, does that mean we won't get an original X-Men? It it makes me feel like some of the conversations we had with Spider-Man No Way Home where I asked you, did we miss our shot with the Sinister Six? Like, what is it going to feel redundant to have got this team of, si- of five villains and then maybe a few years later, oh, okay, now we're going to do six villains. And it just feels like it's kind of yeah. watered down the moment. And to bring it a little bit more back to the multiverse, what makes it extra hard to run this thought exercise with, there are feelings that we're done with Spider-Man just because of the license with, uh, or the agreements with Sony where, you know, it's funny, No Way Home's become this polarizing thing where half the people think like, oh, that was Spider-Man's send-off and the MCU saying like, we know we're not going to be able to control this character anymore. And other people are like, no, they're gearing up for more... Spider-Man movies, this is clearly resetting them to play within the MCU without having to be tied to other stories. Yeah, I, right. I I'm I hope it's that. I'm so excited that you're going to sever that Spider-Man from the really good content they had in the MCU. Why would we want that to be connected? <laughs> yeah, please. That's let's, a whole different... Let's, let's start over you know, arguably the best take on Spider-Man that we've seen on film. Okay. <laughs> I think that's future-proofing just in case heads at different studios pull their toys away. All that being said, that's what makes it hard to be like a thought exercise because we don't know what's part of their rules as the multiverse and what's part of like them having to work with having this agreement with Sony. Yeah. I still, so, yeah. I, I still hate the ending of No Way Home. Anyways. I just do. Yeah. It's so funny. Because it just, I don't see, and I get it. I'm not Feige. I mean, I I know he listens Um, and I get it. Like you can be a super fan, but I just, I can't see where they're going with it. Cause I think Amy Pascal and Feige came out saying like, we don't worry. Right. Like this isn't the end. We like, they tried to squash all that, that worry and speculation, get ahead of it. Mm -hmm. 
I just don't know how else to read that ending. Because that is, yes, you are free from the MCU now. No one remembers, right? But also, again, and and that's fine, you know, unless they have some weird way that they're going to bring them back, you, you know, in these memories. But, so you mean to tell me now the really cool moment between Carol Danvers and Peter Parker? What, she doesn't remember that? Hi, I'm Peter Parker. Hello, Peter Parker. You know, I get the the criticism. I don't agree with it. The criticism of like Iron Man Jr., you know, yeah. and the Star Tech, and I get that. The reason why I don't, I don't care about it is because it is, it's a different take on Spider-Man, right? It, it's, it's like, yeah, that's not what Spider-Man is in the comic and, and there, and, and you could argue that like now he truly is his own person, like, right? You know, I get it. And the symbolism of like, I'm truly not with Stark now because I don't have his cool suit and I get the crappy one at the end. <sighs> I'm bitter right now about as much as I love the movie. I'm bitter about a lot of things. Stay on target. Stay on target. Um, no, I, I mean, but like the, it's like, did you, you undid like the pepper pots, new Parker and the relationship there and the moments that they shared in grief of Stark's death. He remembers it. Potts doesn't like, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and so there's all of that stuff that it's like, that's like, I don't like the story where it makes all of that irrelevant. And so that's, that's my, that's my thing of like, when you start going down these roads of multiverse, when you start going down these roads of, of the time travel and again, multiverse magic, we're going to do this. And it opens up some doors and possibilities, but so does character development of like, he says, no, I can't run and just magically fix my problems. I will face the consequences. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to me, that was a much better and more compelling ending of like where the growth of the character goes. Now, again, I, I don't want to, I'm going to, sidestep away from Spider-Man now for a sec, you know, for, for the sake of the multiverse in the episode, but it's like, it, it's like, that's a choice that doing what I would rather have hap- had happen, a choice that says, here's the main MCU, right? And this is what we're going to do in phase five. As you said, we're going to emphasize the multiverse and then f- move on to something different. You know what I mean? Not necessarily that it's never talked about again. It's just not the focus. It's an option. Right. Where it's like, right now at least, it feels like they're really just, it's a multiverse and we're just going to play in this area forever. Like, that's the feeling, you know? If I think I can- The Netflix shows now, which I think Mm -hmm. are great, but are they going to explain that with a multiverse theory? Yeah. So there's, there's a, again, we're running all these thought experiments for fun. 
these are thought experiments that they, this is the meeting apparently they had in July of 2021. Uh, And to put a bow on that, because I know you said you wanted to get to other stuff for the sake of the multiverse topic. I still hold on to the belief Spider-Man No Way Home is a reactionary thing to the disagreement between Disney and Sony. And this was how they made nice to continue having Mm Spider-Man. I think despite, I love No Way Home, these, let's say thorns in our side of the way this has come to an end with with the future of Spider-Man, to me, that is a, a sign of what could go wrong when there isn't a plan because it felt like the plan was being made as the plane was still flying with mm-hmm. Peter Parker. Yeah. All that being said, moving on as we continue running thought experiments on the different ways the MCU has handled the multiverse right now, I actually want to circle back to WandaVision. Because the further we get away from it and the more that I've had time to think about it, it seems to keep getting grouped into all these multiverse discussions. I don't think WandaVision was as multiverse as everybody makes it to be. Because the biggest aspect of what it was, was Quicksilver, but that turned out to not be the case. It was another fake out akin to Far From Home. I, I, I'm putting this out there to kind of like run this experiment with you. Do you consider WandaVision to be multiverse related? I actually don't. The only caveat I would add to my belief of it not being, I think it ends teasing the multiverse where she hears her two children as she's doing the meditation while reading the Darkhold. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, nothing seemed multiverse related to me because what we find out is that she was warping the simulations of that small town she had enveloped. So it wasn't necessarily like, oh, they're popping into different universes. It's almost like she's running her own little computer program that these uh, citizens are are playing along with. Yeah. Like Westview was her creation using chaos magic. Yeah. And so there was no multiverse stuff. Uh, I agree. In tag, they teased it, but that to me, like the only connection was you, she had the dark hold and she, you know, had her power upgrade. Yeah. The, the show itself, I don't think had anything to do with the, the multiverse, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I know Dr. Strange where he was supposed to show up and different stuff and trying to contact her. Right. And I'm glad that didn't happen. I think that actually would have taken away from it now that I think about mm-hmm. the show and think about yeah. how not multiverse it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin Feige, on the record, I'll try to make sure to link the the report in the show notes. Kevin Feige, on the record, mentioned what you had just said about wanting to originally have Doctor Strange uh, appear in the show as the commercials and then ultimately decided to do away with that idea to mm-hmm. keep it focused on Wanda. Yeah. And okay, so in talking about these shows, Loki, I think, is the last, the last one we should really make sure it gets mentioned. And right, multiverse wise, the the two biggest questions I think that's remaining at the end: where was Loki, or when was Loki? It wasn't clear because it is the time variant authority. So clearly, so in other words. If you think about the TVA and what they were doing and trimming, you know, and what I was mentioned about like um, the flowing river with divergence and to stick with that analogy, the TVA then is like the river starts to split here. Well, they put a dam to make sure it can't. 
and then I'm going to take all that water, scoop it up and just dump it in the void at the end. You know what I mean? Like, like that's kind of to maintain the one river and kind of control it. Um, the TVA is time beavers. I love it. Nice. I want a picture of a beaver wearing a TVA hat, creating a dam. Um, oh, hope you're listening, TJ. Uh, no, we should have just had him on for this one. I know. And he, and well, he's, there is and he's a universe. Like, he's in his shop cutting wood and listening to us, and just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is a universe where we were able to stick to our schedule, and TJ was on there. So stay tuned for whenever we get into our phase four and we start bringing in episodes from that alternate universe, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what? I actually had a talk with TJ the other day, and I was like, dude, we want you back. As like, but I understand you're getting busy and stuff, and you know. Um, and yeah, he understood, but the other thing on uh, not to Loki thing, but TVA clearly it's a place. Where's it located? Is it similar to what I said with, uh, the dark dimension? L- like it has to be located somewhere, you know, uh, cause you're what they had so many infinity stones and we learned from plot holes, I guess guess i don't know we learn from loki that no from what if the infinity stones has to be in their appropriate universe for them to work right i'm gonna stop there because i can really go down a rabbit hole that i we don't have time for uh but Mm -hmm. i think multiverse wise those are the two biggest questions the only thing I want to play off of that you just sparked for me is when you ask the question, Loki, when it ends, where or when is Loki? Is this like an alternate universe? Yeah. Because if you don't remember how Loki ended, in the original part of the show, they have these huge statues dedicated to the timekeepers. Loki and Sylvie go about their adventures. They meet up with uh, He Who Remains. They ultimately decide to kill him. Loki gets push back into the TVA and when he gets back it's not timekeeper statues anymore it's he who remains or making a speculative speculative jump Kang by definition of the timekeepers they have to exist outside the universes because that's how they maintain a scope on which ones to prune like to me it's it's almost like the watcher where they have to be outside of it all to have any sort of context for the different universes. So it feels like it can't be an alternate universe that Loki has been pushed back to because they're already outside of the universes if that makes sense. Right. So I'm very curious to see how that aspect of the multiverse is going to play out and what that means yeah. uh for the MCU moving forward. Yeah. And they have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I say that is like they announced season two. That was the, I'm not going to say intact. That was not an intact. That was like the graphic at the end of the credits. Um, um, Loki will return. I think they said Sylvie will return or something like yeah. that. But, but I mean, but that's, but that's the thing, right? Like that, they, they announced in the last up ep- in the last episode, there's a season two. How do you start developing and writing those scripts if you don't know what's happening in all these other movies? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Or, or you got to what? I guess he's the script writer just kind of waits 
okay, you're going to let me read the script now? You know? There's... Yeah, there's definitely no way they can pull like a Star Wars new trilogy. Like they have to have this plan if it's going to make sense because it's not just telling one story; they're telling multiple stories at this point. Right. And if there's not a guiding force through it, that's going to get very confusing very quickly. Yeah. Okay, so we have gone through these different thought exercises. You've detailed the nine different examples of the multiverse that we, in our limited limited scope understand it to be we've talked about the different ways that the mcu seems to be handling it with the different in-house examples of the multiverse think captain america agent or think captain america captain carter sylvie loki all those are in-house examples or you have the franchises which is tom holland peter parker andrew garfield toby mcguire peter parker all those different franchise hopping universes We've talked about the need for a cohesive plan to be able to guide us through the multiverse as they continue to tell their stories. This brings us, I think, to one of the last thought experiments that I want to have with the multiverse. Is Sam Raimi, Mark Webb, and the Sony villainverse after No Way Home now part of the MCU? And to be perfectly clear... This isn't like gatekeeping, like canon, what is or what isn't. This is more to just help detail the understanding that we have so far. Do you think that's now part of the MCU canon? Oh, I'm going to gatekeep and say it's not. (laughs) Only because I've watched the Morbius trailer a couple of times. And I don't want that crossing over. (sighs) I'm... Listen, my heart is actually where you're at. I'm totally going to keep it. But it's more it's more trying to... Like, what is the difference between a plucked character and a continuity? Like, is there a difference? Are we getting in the weeds? Like, the fact that Venom was plucked out of his movies into the MCU, got drunk, and then was sent back to his universe, does that mean, like, we don't have to be burdened I say we as though I'm part of Marvel Studios. Does that mean the the MCU? (laughs) Uh, Does that mean the MCU doesn't have to be burdened with whatever storylines that have been told, yet they can still find their way to have the character come and play and then go back without getting muddied? I think the answer is yes. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is the way... Because you just said... Venom was plucked, came into the MCU, and came out, right? Mm-hmm. But we know that that's how they got Venom into the MCU. Because you had that little drop of Venom that is somehow in Mexico and going to find its way to Spider-Man. It was last seen with Danny Rojas. Danny Rojas is going to meet up with Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is going to visit America when he comes back home. And none of this makes sense to you until you watch Ted Lasso. <laughs> no, like, you're right. I haven't, I haven't watched Ted Lasso. And you're right. So none of that makes sense to me. But the <laughs> idea that like Ted Lasso is in the MCU, I can go there. <laughs> I mean, that's not hard, so right? Jokes, that's like, right. you know, Avengers Compound and they're watching one of their football games. Mm-hmm. on the TV and cheering on whatever English Premier League he team club uh-huh. he, he coaches for. <laughs> Jokes aside, I think it was very easy to say, no, Villainverse, not. 
Morbius is its own complication with Adrian Toomes apparently showing up. We don't really have a concrete answer for how Adrian Toomes shows up in the Morbius universe because that's not taken into account in No Way Home. So that's still up in the air. Let's move over to a fan favorite, Sam Raimi. Those are mm-hmm. good movies. Yeah. So it's it's not even just like, a, a oh, the, those movies suck. Don't bring them in. These, you know, it. I'm still on that same camp with the Raimi movies. Yes, Tobey Maguire has come into the MCU, but it being plucked from his own universe has created a different one. So for me, with my understanding of the multiverse so far, that doesn't necessarily mean now the Sam Raimi movies are MCU. Right. I would, I, I honestly, I would not consider him MCU. Mm-hmm. I would say, I just thought of a, trying to decide if this is a plot hole for No Way Home or not. But anyways, does MJ and Ned not remember all Peter Parkers or just their Peter Parker? I would assume all Peter Parkers because that's what stops the other villains and knowing Peter Parker from coming in. Okay. So if that's the case, then I would say it can't be canon because they don't remember it happened. It's another universe. And if there was a memory of them coming in, there's a knowledge that that universe exists. And while it's not MCU proper, there's a knowledge of the characters of knowing that it exists because it came over. Does that make sense? But I don't know if you would say like the events that took place in those universes are canon to the MCU. There's just now knowledge because it crossed. Right. Because they don't know Peter Parker, but they know Spider-Man fought Goblin, Doc Ock from different universes. Yeah. Well, maybe they don't know the different universes part, but they know that happened. Right. So I guess it all just depends on how far the public knowledge goes with the events of No Way Home. Right. Hmm. And so like if they forget that that even even that any of that even happened at the end, if that's what's included in forgetting Peter Parker, otherwise you have three Spider-Man running around and they don't know that they're Peter Parker, but there's three He's sp- a menace. Right, there's three Spider-Man running around and all of a sudden you were there when they were sent back. Yeah. You or they they vanished or vape you know, ghosted off. So you either had to forget that as well, or just know that they were Spider-Man and forget that they were Peter Parker's. Mm-hmm. But the only way that, but that's the thing. The only way that they know about those characters is remembering the other's events. Right. If they don't remember them, that didn't happen. I guess time's going to tell with that one. <laughs> if yeah. we get more Spider-Man movies to explore it in the MCU, yeah. Do you know why it happened? You want to make my ar- you want to make my argument as to why? Now that I've argued that it's not MCU canon, you want me to try to make an argument that it is MCU canon? Go for it. Okay, cool. So, um, I'm going to dip into my own personal thoughts a little bit on like, mm. and I've said a couple of things. Like, I'm canon. I'm I'm, I'm canon. I'm Catholic, right? You're canon? And you didn't tell me? Where's Doctor Strange and the memory <laughs> spell when you need it? Did you really just take a drink after making it? Yeah. <laughs> so, 
over midpoint. <laughs> um, good. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> as mentioned, <laughs> see, I do that all the time. The only thing reason why you know now is because we had the video on. <laughs> it's because the video. <laughs> Listen, it's editor's choice if you want to find a creative way to keep this into the edit. Okay. <laughs> All right. So my argument now to try to argue that it is canon. Okay. Yeah. And I and I made this whole thing about like memory and not remembering, and if you don't remember, it doesn't exist. And yes, I've made it known on the on the podcast I am Catholic. Right. I just fact. Yeah. So in my own personal part of like justification for belief and those types of things, right? The the whole like proof, the existence of God, you know, the most compelling one to me. And notice I'm saying the most compelling to me, I realize it's not going to be compelling to other people. I realize you can question and all that stuff. It's just what I find most compelling. Right. And I'm okay with that. Is, is actually an argument from memory. And so the way it would go is to say, we live and then we die. And then we experience what, you know, a second death, so to speak, which is the last time anybody ever says our name. And the further away generationally, like my kids will remember me, right? But when they have grandkids, well, if I die before I have grandkids, if I die before I have grandkids, before my kids have grandkids, they're not going to know me. They're only going to know me through stories of them in pictures, right? And so that just speeds it up. So eventually we can get far enough away from my first death and second death that nobody remembers. So at that point, if nobody remembers I existed, did I really exist? No one knows. Mm-hmm. that I was alive, that I was here, that I did, you know what I mean? So, I mean, in this sense, the pod is my posterity, immortality, my voice, name, and all this stuff is going to be on the internet long after my death, right? Mm-hmm. Now, so now imagine like, you know, the peasants in England in like, you know, Henry VIII's time, 1500, 16th century. You know, back when... Yes, the winners, I always find it funny. Who writes history? The winners. Uh, let's be very clear. It is the wealthy winners, <laughs> the literate winners, not the poor winners, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, Peasant Bob is not writing a journal and we're not researching Peasant Bob. Mm-hmm. But let's take Peasant Bob for a second. We can imagine that there was a peasant at that time, 1500s, you know, maybe even participated in the Northern revolt against Henry the eighth. I don't know. I'm making something up. I historically know about Henry the eighth. I historically know the 1600s happened. I historically know about the Northern revolt against Henry the eighth. I don't know every peasant that was involved or even the peasants are like, whatever, dude, I just want to farm, you know, and do my part for society. Cause divine right of kings, God wills it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. We don't know if they existed. Nobody wrote about them, right? And so and so you get to this point of like, you the further, far enough you get away, we, it's, 
there's people that have existed that we don't remember. And I'm in theory bringing up this person, right? So at this point in history, did they really exist? Now, the reason why I put it that way is to say from the, my compelling proof of God is to say, well, there's, I want to say that they do. But if we're individual people with concrete experiences, you you know, and, and, and truly concrete, something has to remember us and that something is God, right? Mm -hmm. Is that compelling to everyone? Probably not. It's compelling to me, you know? Yeah. The reason why after my second death, I am going to endure is because God still remembers me. And from a Catholic standpoint, we'd say, yeah, he in creation, he is existence itself and holds everything continually in existence and the eternal now and divine providence and foreknowledge and all of that stuff. So I made the argument that it didn't happen and not canon because no one remembers. But who did we say can go around and watch all the dimensions? The watcher. So there is somebody or something that does know what happened even if we don't and can in fact have a experience and memory of all those universes, which then from a memory standpoint, it has to be Canon. Is he our surrogate? Who gets to decide Canon? Is it us as watchers? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. for something to have happened, we have to have known about it. Right. Right. It has to have some kind of memory. Otherwise, it's just speculation. You know, for me, I call that in our own experience, God. But in the MCU, that's what the Watcher does. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, then it has to be, doesn't it? It has to. So. Yeah. Whichever one you find more compelling, it may or may not be (laughs) may or may or not be canon. You know what my favorite thing about this episode is so far? What? I think we have condensed every forum argument about the multiverse, about canon, into one episode. So you're either like finding like aspects which you're like, oh, yeah, 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 or you're getting very frustrated. And you pointed out, I think it's all just valid. Like I can make, I can see the argument for like, oh, those aren't canon. And I just, you just blew me away with your argument about it is canon. Which one do you find most compelling? And go enjoy your. You need to know. Go enjoy your content. <laughs> oh man, that was great. Like, because I've I've talked about it before. I think we, this happened whenever we were doing the. Uh, how important are the Disney Plus shows? My goal, whenever it comes to building a structure of an episode, is like I want to have. Not necessarily a definitive answer, but I want to have an answer towards what the thesis of the episode is. But I think sometimes we run into these scenarios where it is like, yeah, it's 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 hard to tell. And I'm not dogging this episode. I'm just glad. Like I, that was that was a fun mm-hmm. divergence we just took throughout every possible example of the multiverse. Yeah. Well, I would like I to know, think I'm, Nick Sandy. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm t- you just blew my mind. 
<laughs> so that was uh, that was really good. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. I'm, ha- you know what? That's why I'm here. I'm here uh-huh. to share. <laughs> Certainly not for well, the paycheck, but uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, ready for sponsors? Okay. Yeah, bring them on. Maybe there is an alternate universe where we do have sponsors. No, we're unlimited Topo Chicas. <laughs> Well, if you want to weigh in on some of the thought exercises that we had today, uh, feel free to reach us at MC Need to Know, both on Twitter and Instagram. Before we go, though, we mentioned at the top of the episode, this is Moon Knight Week. So we wanted to take a survey of where people are coming into the show in regards to their knowledge of the character. So we're going to read through some of the responses we got when we asked that on social media, starting with this one. He's been one of my favorite characters since the 1970s and 80s. He was just so different from anyone else I read when I was a kid. That comes in from at SS Lilos on Twitter. And so I I had the chance to interact with him from our uh, Twitter account. And it was just so exciting that this person has known about this character for so long and just kind of like vicariously living through them of like man I can only imagine what that feeling is like to have been familiar with the character and now seeing it being adapted for our screens oh yeah yeah because I'll be honest for the for the comics that I did read growing up Moon Knight was not one of them you know and I don't mean that in like oh it just wasn't you know yeah Um, I was much more mainstream and actually probably read more DC when I was younger Uh, the next one not at all Kevin watches movies Instagram. Um, clearly, Kevin, I just said, like, I, I'm with you on that. This next one comes in from Ben.Maddie on Instagram, and it says, I know the basic bits. It's the MCU. Who knows what's going to happen to him? Ben Maddie, I think, has one of the most realistic approaches so far of like, yeah, but again, it's probably going to be different. <laughs> it has the source material of the comics, but, you know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, and the thing, what I love about that, though, and I'm going to, Ben Maddie has responded enough that I feel like I can say this without coming across as putting words in his mouth. There's still a trust that, like, even with the changes, they're going to be good. Yeah. Like, they've earned that. Doesn't mean it won't. Dis- doesn't mean they can't disappoint us, but they've earned that. It, they earned the trust on the changes. One hundred percent. Okay. Oh, is it my turn? Did you? It just is read- your turn because I just read. You just read Ben Maddie. Yeah. Oh, so, so it's, it's my, your turn. Oh, it's my this turn. Is- Very because I listened to MC. You need to know Jay Hubbard on Insta. <laughs> I love that you have started to uh, respond to the questions we put out there. <laughs> I completely, okay, I, so I, I completely didn't think you were going to respond back. Like, I thought you were just going to giggle and not even there. I didn't, I actually didn't expect to see it on the side of this, the uh, outline or in the Instagram response. One, that was one of the reasons why I was totally comfortable being like, oh yeah, your check's in the mail on Instagram. Cause I would not have made that joke with any of the other listeners. Two, I put it on the outline, but I didn't run through the turns that we took. I did not intend for you to read your own, but that is so funny. (laughs) Oh, man, that is so good. But good. I'm glad you listened to the show. So that's uh, that's why you're very familiar with uh, Moon Knight. Thanks to JB. Absolutely. Moving on to the next one. 
This one comes in from Caption Life on Instagram as well, and it reads, Not at all. Reading some comics now for it. And again, that's that seems to be Sean's MO, is the uh, the research before the the dive into the show. So that's really cool, and uh, glad to hear you're going through the comics now. Yeah, oh, it's so funny, because like, I kind of feel like I'm the opposite. How so? Like if I haven't read the if I haven't read the comic, I'm like, I'm gonna experience the show and I'll do the comic after. Yeah. And so it's just interesting. It's just interesting the interesting the different types of approaches too. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the spirit of the show that we've tried to create it here is that like we're MCU first and we'll come back to the comics at some point. Yeah. Uh, maybe dabble into some pretty broad knowledge. But uh, I'm with you. I'd, I'd rather experience it through the MCU first and then read comics later. I think about like Civil War because I did read that comic. And Infinity War and I read that comic. And so I've had the experience of both. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just I find that fascinating and interesting of like just, again, how people like to consume their yeah. content. Mm-hmm. Vague memories of comics from childhood. Friend Daniel. I get it. I mean, I'm getting old too, and I have vague <laughs> memories of a lot of things. <laughs> I had vague memories of when we started this episode. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that one comes in from Old Daniel on Instagram. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. He's going to hate me. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, it just goes to show, like, what I was saying earlier about, yeah, I read some comics, but that wasn't mainstream characters, right? Like I wasn't, well, I read comics. I, I wasn't so into it. Like where I'm getting the moon Knights. I was like, no, I'm getting X-Men. I'm getting Batman. I'm getting Superman, you know? Oh, here's a cool Spider-Man issue. You, you know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't like, Ooh, moon Knight, And, and, you know, grabbing, grabbing these other things, that weren't hitting the mainstream. Um, I have my theories as to why, but we're at the end of the episode, so I'm going to leave that alone. Cool. We'll, we'll revisit that at some point. So, yeah. Again, thank you all for reaching out when we asked uh, how familiar you are with Moon Knight going into the show. Again, Moon Knight debuts March 30th. So the next time you hear us, we are going to be reviewing the first episode of Moon Knight, and we are both very excited. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, if you want to get on, again, if you want to get in on helping shape the show, make sure you're following us at MCU Need to Know both on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be putting out questions and polls and just various opportunities for you to weigh in so that we can read them here on the podcast. Yeah, and. Of course, scroll down to the bottom. You can find the link to the Discord in our show notes, and you can join us and interact with... I always feel guilty saying this because I have not been interacting as much as I've been. But interact with us. Interact with the community. The school year is coming close to an end for me, and I'm so excited to start ramping back up my conversations <laughs> on that. Uh, and just It's almost going to be like a baton pass. You're you're about to get some free time. I'm about to enter my busy season. <laughs> right? And and it's like, I was like, oh my gosh. Just make it here. Make it here. Be done with my grading. Y- you know, because uh, I miss it. But there's a lot of great conversations going on in there. Um, and those of you that are already in there, I do try to catch up and read. Uh, super excited to get back on it. 
if you aren't a Discord kind of person, that's okay. You can still help us out by sharing with a friend, uh, rating and review, Apple and Spotify as well, since it's something that they've, uh, what, offered about a month now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that is For another sure the the year. fantastic way if Discord is not your thing. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on his SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes as well. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. We'll see you all next week. Now, there is one thing that I, as I start talking and very unprofessionally put in everything. Hold up. Yeah. <laughs> my, all the red flags in my head just went off. I was like, oh, no, he's got something in his mouth. Oh, no, he's getting away from the mic. Oh, no, he's standing up. Yeah, like I start talking, come back out of a pause, and I put like one in my earbuds in my mouth, which is gross. And then like I like stand up and you hear the, start, and you hear the squeak in my chair and... And, and as soon as I started, I'm like, what the, what am I doing? Wait, you know, most people have a, a microphone, but it turns out you've got a vocoder when it comes to yeah. talking on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you think it'll be easy to learn how to auto-tune before this episode comes out? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. You can jump back in.